we always have choices, right? I didn't feel like there was any other choice but to do something out of my comfort zone to get the results I wanted. That choice was joining the military. I couldn't have done it at any other age. People think it's the opposite. They think you can't do it at that age. I couldn't have done it at the other ages. You're listening to the Christoph Lewis Podcast, a podcast where I have conversations with inspirational people. My name is Chris, but my family calls me Christoph. My goal is to have as many conversations as possible with people who have forged their own path by pursuing their dreams, making them a reality, all the while emitting positivity and sharing this knowledge with others. I seek these people out and share this information with you, proving to the world that you can do what makes you happy and do what you want for a living while being a good human being. We'll talk about careers, but we'll also cover any story that inspires. Let's do this while helping each other. Thanks for listening. I'm happy you're here. What's up, my friends? Welcome to the Christoph Lewis Podcast, Create Your Career. This is conversation number 129, total episodes number 214. That's a lot. That's uh, that's a lot of fun. I've had a lot of fun. Thank you so much for being here. It's uh, another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Every day is the best day of the week. Uh, not Friday. That's one of the things we talk about immediately in this podcast. Oh my gosh, how easy is it to say, can't wait for Friday. Why can you not wait for Friday? Hammer down on yourself. Why can you not wait till Friday? If there's legitimate reason for that, you need to have a serious conversation with yourself. We talked about a lot of great things today. Who did I talk about them with? I talked about him with Stephanie Lane Franks, and Stephanie is a former Navy vet, a world traveler. She's taught abroad. She's done a lot of really fun, unique things, a lot of special things. This was a very unique conversation, and you'll, you'll definitely see why. We talked about the hummingbird and the jackhammer. We talked about the power now and so many other awesome things. So this was a fun one. It was really good. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Remember, you can find this podcast and all the other conversations and the contemplations on ChristophLewis.com forward slash podcast or any of your most favorite podcast listening apps. The best way to help this podcast out is just to share it with a friend. And if you enjoy it, check out all the other podcasts. Like there's 129 guests. There are 214 total podcasts because there's two segments. There's the one where I interview guests. Those are the conversations. And then the other segment is just me. Those are the contemplations. They're only on audio. And that's where I discuss a topic that's weighing heavy on my mind, something I learned for the week, something I discussed with you in direct messages on Instagram at Christoph Lewis. All of these things, when I have a conversation with somebody, with a listener, I don't want to keep that in. I keep it out and I record about it. And I talk about it and I drill down deeper into it and share it with you all. So thank you so much for the support. Without further ado, welcome to the Christoph Lewis Podcast, Create Your Career. Hello. How are you tonight? Um, good. We're laughing that it's Tuesday. Yeah. It feels like, or I wish it was a Friday. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and Tuesday, it's crazy for me as well. And I, I, I try really hard not to fall into the like, I don't want to like always wish it's Friday, but sometimes like the week's really tough and I do encourage the listeners not to, not to always wish for a day and enjoy the day, but I know what you mean. And today's one of those days where I'm just like, oh my gosh, things are crazy. And I know I've been talking about it a little bit in the solo podcasts that my life is just a little bit crazy right now. So I fully understand that, but I'm happy that you're here. We've talked a little bit offline. We've talked on the phone. I love a lot of the things that you've done 
throughout your life up until now. And I want to even hear more about what you plan on doing and like all this awesomeness. But before we get into the rest of the podcast, I'd love to hear more about you and introduce you to the audience. Yeah, well, as you said, my life, it changes a lot. So right now, <laughs> and for the last couple of years, uh, I work in communications uh, for the fifth largest law firm in the world. And it's a pretty good gig at this point. It's remote and I can get into the... Nice. Everybody's super excited to hear that. And they're like, you're so lucky. <laughs> I mean, I am. I, I'm at ho- I work from home and I can work from anywhere for the most part. So yeah, it's, it's taken many different, you know, Mm-hmm. winding roads to get here and i can't even say this is here this isn't even the final destination it's just what i'm enjoying in my moment right now is the communication and so uh and it's six hours a day gig too so i log oh, wow. in seven one i just work straight through and it definitely allows for a lot of other projects and things but it wasn't always like this this was something i really had to set up and develop in my remote um comms world because Mm -hmm. at first I took on so many projects I was working 60 hours a week as a contractor so you don't get any no benefits no overtime and um, I just like had to dwindle it down to to this um so yeah I got to choose my location after grad school I started the job in Austin got to move to San Diego just spent four weeks traveling for the holidays to visit friends and family across the U.S. Yeah, so that's that's kind of my, my present tense. Stuff. <laughs> I love it. No, that's awesome. I think the remote position always is like everybody oohs and ahs. And I'm actually working my first remote position as well. Let's see. I've been working it for about three months. It has its pros and cons. It's in some ways been way more difficult than any other job because I really have to be strict with myself. And as yes. like a former military guy, like that's kind of hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, right. do, and, I, and I thought that would be a benefit. Like, you know, we're both prior military. So it's like, um, I love the structure of that. And as I was just saying, it took me, I've been with this, let me see, I graduated 2017. So yeah, almost three years actually. And wow. So two and a half years, but I, I had no time management. I was all over the place. It was more kind of project-based than time mm, and mm-hmm. time set. So one of the best um, you know, pieces of advice I always give to people is, is this structure and that I work and I tell them I am only available from seven to one West Coast time, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not doing anything outside of that anymore. And it was kind of hard. It took a lot of confidence to be able to, to say that and get there. Yeah. Um, because without it, you're, oh man, I'm working at home. I have the cats. I have, it's San Diego. So I'm just like, <laughs> like yeah. at the beach or, you know, I put background TV and the next thing I know, I just watched like, you know, the same uh, Friends episode I've seen a million times. And so you're just like, it does take discipline. Yeah, it does. And I think I, I read it in a book originally. It may have been the four hour work week, but I'm not going to quote it as such, but it may have been that. But what I've done as well is to find my structure is to be like, yeah, during this time, like I'm only going to work during this time. And I actually don't feel bad that I'm not working like long hours. And I know like one of the things that you can relate to or anybody else in the military or any job for that matter, if your boss or somebody says, oh, this guy works harder or this girl works harder because they're working longer hours. And I'm like, absolutely not. 
Absolutely not. You know, I have shit to do after my day job. I have this podcast. I have my family. I know you're aware of that. So when I have that stuff to do after my work, I'm sure as hell that the time that I have allocated for work, I work even harder so I get it done. And I think that is a good thing. That really works for me. And I love that you've implemented that as well. I don't think you need to be working these crazy hours. So I love that you brought it up and you're obviously still able to get your work done. So I love that you started off with that. That's a great point. Yeah. And to go back to something we were laughing about before about the work week, and I just fell into one of the fallacies of things I try <laughs> to talk about is is adjusting our mindset from this uh, conventional work week. So the whole point of my, my project that I'm doing right now, we'll get into that, but is to get out of these conventional confines we put in. So I automatically went to, oh, it's only Tuesday. I wish it was Friday, instead of appreciating every day of what it's worth. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes my Fridays are actually, I say, I just, it's a knee-jerk reaction to say that, right? Because it is. Yeah. Really, takes we're practice. inundated with Friday memes, right? <laughs> when in truth, I can actually tell you Fridays are some of my hardest days, and I try not to make any plans because if I make a plan, guaranteed there is some fire drill at work I'm having Friday oh, wow. and you know I'm gonna and I do you know sometimes work hours so you're right it's it's um enjoying every day in the way that you can um have your set hours of work have your set hours of time devoted to um you know working out which is important for both yeah. of us and the family time and the conventional there's a lot of talk around this four-day work week and how some companies even in America, and if you've been outside of the country and you know, we just love to work, but we also love to complain about working. So yeah. it's, it's very like we're hypocrites yeah, in a way. Yeah. Because yeah. we have people that don't take their um, paid time off, even. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's unbelievable. Yeah. When I got out of the military, I had like two, two days. Some people like save them up and have like three months. I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> I take on leave every chance I get. Yeah. We're over, over workers. <laughs> we are. I, I think because it goes back to that stipulation we kind of both touched on is we think, and again, this is just from my experience, and a lot of it is because of my time in the military, but we think that the person that's working harder and longer is automatically the better worker, when in actuality, I believe that the person that is getting to the result, the intended result faster I'm not saying you're lessening the quality of the results you're giving, but the person that's getting that faster is clearly a more efficient worker. That person is knowing how to delegate. That person is knowing how to automate. And that person just knows to, you don't have to be a workhorse to be the best worker. And I've always tried to get away from that. So I think you have to find what works for you within that realm. And you're right about the Friday thing. I, I don't want to leave that to go because, or leave that away because you said a special word and that's conditioned. We see it all the time. You said memes and like memes sound silly, but memes are so true because they're all around us now. And oh my gosh, we see it all the time. So like, I want to encourage everybody, me included, to like, if you see something like that, that's why I like brought it up like, I know we see it all the time, but don't succumb to that because now here, Steffi's like, that's my hardest day. So like, I don't know, like you have to find something that, like I remember the first time I started doing something I really started enjoying for work was stock trading. And that was the first thing that, or first time where I couldn't wait for Mondays because I couldn't wait for the market to open. So I just encourage people to find things that make Monday your best day. And ultimately I would encourage you to have every day 
be your best day of the week, which I've been guilty of saying many, many times. So I, I love that you have shared all of that. I want to know, though, there's so many things that we can talk about. I don't know if we can fit it into this entire podcast episode, but you've been you've done so many things. And I, I focus on a lot of vets, too. So I want to key down on one thing real quick before we get into the rest of the uh, podcast. But you joined the Navy in your 30s and not that the 30s are some old age by any means. I'm in my 30s currently and I feel better than I've ever felt. But a lot of times that obviously doesn't happen in the military. I joined when I was 22 and I was the old guy. So walk us through like how you joined, why you joined, and I would love to hear more about that experience and share it with the guests with the intention of it's never too late to do something you want to do. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, um, yeah, there was definitely the right time. It wasn't so my father is a 25 years Marine pilot. So I grew, I grew up in that world and we always lived, luckily, since he was a helicopter pilot, we lived in um, coastal places and we also had like a seven year stint in Dallas. So I lived all over and I have an older sister and it was funny when we graduated high school, she needed to stop. Like she went back to Texas, the place we had lived the longest and she planted herself and grew <laughs> there. Whereas I was like, why stop? Like, let's keep going. Yeah. And so I lived this very transient life through cities, um, jobs, never had like a set career path, kind of always within the realm of um, my undergrad degree was English. So, you know, jobs that had some writing or editing. And I had on my bucket list before I was 30, I was going to live in Europe, like no matter what. I spook, I spook, can't even speak English. I spoke <laughs> French <matter>. pretty fluently. <laughs> um, I took it all through high school and college. And so I thought for sure I was going to land in France, but somehow I landed in Florence, Italy. I okay. literally just sold everything I owned, went to Florence, never been there, didn't know anyone, Love that. didn't speak a word, just some suitcases, went, um, uh, took a course to teach English. Uh, got myself a little bit established, came back to America, got my dog, because can't live without her, <laughs> brought her to Italy, and we both stayed there. But the problem with that story, I was there for two years. That story, again, like remote work, people put a lot of like, oh, you're so lucky. And yes, was it beautiful? Was I in love with this country? Yes. Yeah. But the problem is my visa expired. So here I was two years later in Italy, um, nothing back home. I really hadn't worked a job I worked I got paid under the table so I didn't have like employment for the last two months mm -hmm. um you know that I could prove really yeah yeah um I didn't have a place to live I was 31 and my parents were kind of like enough and so you're just <laughs> like well, I was like, what do I do? Well my dad was contracting in Iraq and he was like well come play with me and I was like okay so I actually came back to America. I started the process uh, while I was still in Italy, kind of looking and thinking around and came back to America and wanted to join first as public affairs. So I put in my officer package, but then there was this enlisted position called CTI, which I think stands for cryptologic technician mm -hmm. interpretive. So I was like, no, that's what I want. Give me more languages. Cause I had learned mm -hmm. Italian at this, at this point. So I came back to the States and took the test. And then lo and behold, I got recruited for a dev group position to do um, 
soft cover. Mm-hmm, sure. So I was like, that sounds awesome. I'm going enlisted. So I went, I went in <laughs> after these tests, this guy like shows up at the recruiting office, this big guy, bald head. And he just starts like interrogating me. And I'm like, what did I do? I just, you know, <laughs> I just wanted to be an interpreter. And that's when I got, um, you know, promoted to do this position. So then he had to see me in action uh, in a fitness test, which I had never done a pull up in my life, but oh. I could run <laughs> and I could swim, but not like, so I had to go into a training program. So all of this at 30, now I'm almost 32. So now I'm like pushing my body to the limit so I can get this job going to boot camp at 32 enlisted because yeah. who's going to give up this cool job. And what happens when I get to boot camp? I don't get my clearance because they're like, oh, you've wow. been out of the country for two years. And I'm like, yes, I thought I was going to get a waiver. You know, all these things promised. So I'm like, what do I do? And I knew I had to go to medic training anyway. So um, I ended up being a corpsman, which is crazy. So when people are like, <laughs> what did you do in the military? I'm like, long version or abridged? I don't yeah. know how to get that, that yeah. answer quick enough. But if you hear it like that, you can understand why maybe a 32-year-old with a degree, mm-hmm. no nurse, no medical background whatsoever, ends up as a corpsman. Mm-hmm. And then the truth of it then, while I was in, I actually applied for government work because I did kind of feel like my place, you know, was going to take a different direction. Sure. But let me tell you, the military gave me everything I needed, right? I, it gave me a place to live. Mm-hmm. It gave me people. I had a community again, a paycheck, a real one, <laughs> not under the table. <laughs> And um, you, I can't say enough good things. Oh, and I paid for my undergrad. It gave me the GI Bill, Boom. and I got to go to grad school. Yeah. And I got to go to school without working two jobs, and you know, missing out on a lot that I, you know, kind of struggled with the first time around. So, how did I do that, though? I don't know, honestly. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> You don't have to always know. That's what's cool. Oh, no. I got really lucky with my RDCs, which for people that aren't, it's like the Navy version of drill sergeants. I'm still friends with one of them to this day. We still keep in touch. Um, I got super lucky at boot camp with them. And they kind of like, I got to be the yeoman, which we all know is the best job. In boot camp. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You get a chair. (laughs) And you get to sit in the office sometimes like, I won't even get to tell you kind of how spoiled I was at boot camp, but uh, <laughs> the thing is you just, you get to a point where you don't, you don't have a choice. You know, we all, I shouldn't say it like that. We always have choices. Right. And I, I didn't feel like any other choice, there was any other choice, but to do something out of my comfort zone to get the results I wanted. Mm. And that choice was joining the military mm-hmm. and, I couldn't have done it at any other age. People think it's the opposite. They think you can't do it at that age. I I couldn't have done it at the other ages. That's interesting. That's a very cool point. I like that. Yeah. This, it was what I need. It was a very, um, the homeostasis between me and the military was just, I gave it what it needed and it gave me what I needed. Yeah. That's, I really like that. I like how you shared that. I really like how you end it. There's a lot of things that I simply could not have done 10 years ago, just like you said. So I'm 32 now, and I think about who I was when I was 22, and it's just totally different. And I always get a little upset, like, I wish I would have done that, but, like, I think that's just, like, you can't sit around thinking you wish you would have, could have 
shoulda and you just need to be happy that you're doing it now and then you're able to do it now and then I look and I apply what you just said about I probably couldn't have done that then and because of those experiences I am where I am now I do really like how you describe the relationship with the military the mutual relationship how you really like the military can get a bad rap and and being in the military for nearly a decade myself I know what's said. Some people really don't like it. That's part of the podcast. Um, The reason I started the podcast is because I was actually sick and tired of people saying that shit. But you are such a great shining example of having this positive attitude of you do it when you want. I'm going to do it now. I don't care. Age is seriously nothing but a number. And you got a lot out of it. And you got your schooling. And you're just able to have a good mindset, a good um, opinion about the entirety of what it is. And you were able to use it for what you need it. And it sounded like it was a really, really good match for that time in your life and able to continue to propel you throughout the rest of your life. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, um, I think we get caught in the, again, these conventional traps and some nature versus nurture things that we have going on with what's expected of us. And so there's like a shock value when I was at boot camp and people would find out my age. And luckily, I, I, I'm pretty petite and maybe I didn't quite look 30, but people knew I was older or 32, I guess I was. But when when we think of, of our de- definitions of success and where we should be, and like mm-hmm. you said, geez, I wish I had done that. Mm-hmm. There are some things I wish I had done physically, like maybe that my body could, could handle better at a different age. But... Um, there's also things our mind can handle better at mm-hmm. older ages that sure. we should really gift ourselves and reward aging. And so um, this new website and, and podcast and project I'm creating called Life Unconventional, really, it's it's to break these barriers of how we define success. And so, you know, you're podcasting a lot. We're always talking about um, purpose, passion, and paths. And I'm, I'm trying to break the barriers down that and redefine and restructure so that it's not this like linear or ladder we're climbing, unless that's truly who you've discovered mm-hmm. really fulfills you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, placing less em- emphasis on purpose in our roles. So our roles are like um, relationships, career, religion, you know, so my purpose is just my kids. That's my purpose in life. But what happens when your kids move away or whatever, we're constantly redefining and, um, figuring that out. And I'm trying to put more into feelings than roles and nouns so that my purpose in life is a feeling, you know, happiness, very subjective and very malleable depending on our needs and wants at the time. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So that success isn't, and it's never about a destination, right? I hate to sound cliched with that, but like I, 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 I use cliches started, all the time. <laughs> I'm, I'm here now. Is it? Is it a? Is it where I'll always be? I don't know, but I'm living in the now. I'm a big fan of the present, the power of now, and it's it's working. So I need to stop always just looking so far ahead and just realizing the now is is working and it's good. Yeah, I love that. And I love how you transitioned into that because I really did want to bring that up and talk about what you're creating right now. And I love that you're going out there and creating it. I'm a huge fan of that. And I think it's really good to bring up the conversation about how we do define success and clearly and obviously 
It is subjective and it's different for everybody. The older I get, and I don't think it just has to do with my age, but I think it's about the more and the different types of things that I experience, the more I realize that I, I'll back up for a second. When I was, you know, that 10 year old uh, um, or 10 years younger person, I thought that my life and my path in life, like you said, was going to be very linear. Like you had mentioned, I was like, and I started getting upset and angry and frustrated when my path didn't seem to be going linear. And then now I'm thankful that it's not because number one, that's boring shit. Number two, I'm able to go all these different paths that I never even thought imaginable before. So I am very happy for that. I'm happy that you are, you're creating something that discusses that and exposes that. And I think a lot of people that resonates with a lot of people. It resonates with me because I saw my life as that and I'm, you know, just now figuring that out and I always think or always want to at least encourage that type of conversation. So that makes me really happy <laughs> that you're that you're doing yeah. that and I'm really excited for you. Well, and you hit the nail on the head that the linear and so I think in my website um I hope this is what I just wrote in there, but it's that we get this conditioned order of events that has mm-hmm. to happen in our life and we have to hit them at certain ages or, and, and that that is success. And that's the progression of life, right? So as we progress through life and if we don't hit one of these, what's wrong with us? You yes, know, um, that's scary. So, and true though. <laughs> right? like we asked that so of ourselves. Mm-hmm. This, this, this American dream of success and um, it's these quantifiable things that I'm trying to to get away from. So it's that you have to go to college. No, you don't. You don't. I do. I have because I am a huge nerd and I'm also scatterbrained. And so (laughs) I went to grad school solely to write a book. Oh, wow. I didn't go because I needed to learn a bunch more stuff. I can do that on my own. It's an expensive book. (laughs) But I needed to write a book. So without it, I, I was very scatterbrained and I didn't have accountability. So I take classes for accountability. So there's college and then marriage and then kids and then promotions at work, right? And because you have the kids now and things you have to take care of. And I'm just like, no, 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 no. Those are things that might come into your life. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe if you really want to get married, you're proactive and you look for that. Well, and I remember my sister, older sister, too, I like to compare and talk about her because we're, we're so different, but we came from the exact same little world. <laughs> and she was like, you're like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And she's like, a wife and a mom. I mean, she was dead. She knew it. She yeah. knew she was destined to be a wife and a mom. And she is. And she works. And she does so much. Um, and then you asked me and I was like, oh, my gosh, um, um, I, I want to be a teacher and then a ballerina and an actor and uh, an author. I think I'm going to be an astronaut. I need to uh, work in a lab somewhere. Like I couldn't ramble enough words out of my mouth when you asked me. Sure. So I just wanted to be an adventurer and that's what I've been. So we pigeon our, pigeonhole ourselves and it was in therapy where I was like really questioning and it wasn't because I was embarrassed in my life, but I had so much judgment on first dates and things mm. when you have to talk about yourself and they're like, why are you, <laughs> why are you still single? Why are you not, <laughs> you know, you do this and that. And they're like, Oh, you can't commit to anything. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Maybe that's another conversation. But, <laughs> uh, I commit to 
self-fulfilling things, right? And that's not to say I'm a selfish person. And that's not even to say selfish is a bad word because I think it's actually a very healthy word sometimes. Mm-hmm. We just give it a bad connotation, yeah, right? Yeah. When we, yeah, it depends where uh, you're using it and how you're using it. I agree. When mm-hmm. we're also not selfless creatures, which mm-hmm. I am, and can, that can be a bad thing too because you get taken advantage of. But um, the, the point is, is, is in this linear thing, and I, I think when we um, constrict ourselves to that, what happens is when we're not hitting those marks, we, we get a lot of anxiety and a lot of urgency and a lot of questioning of self-worth versus just, wait, let me stop listening to the societal mm-hmm. um, expectation chatter. Am I cool with myself? Yeah. Okay. So, so like stop listening to what we're supposed to do and listen to what feels right. Yeah, that's so important. It's really easy to get wrapped up in what you just described, especially now more than ever. I it, I always tr- I try not to always bring it up, but it, it but it always comes up is that social media gets a bad rap. Uh, I don't believe it should get a bad rap. I think it's a tool. You guys have heard me say this before quite a few times. I think that's kind of the negative aspect of it is we're just so we can so easily see the world around us right now and people can equally reciprocate how they feel about our world, how those decisions are. Why are you making those decisions? I would encourage everybody to, if you have a friend like us in this conversation, uh, host and guest here that are doing crazy things or they seem crazy from the outside is what I'm getting at, that I would encourage you to take a deep breath and think about you are not them and they are not you. And I actually just released an episode today on this recording about that. Like it's called, it's the risk one. I said, I'm not a risk taker from the outside. It looks like I'm a really risky person. I left the Navy without any college. I didn't, it looked like I didn't really have anything lined up. I quit my first job out of the Navy really quick. And it was a good paying job. Like all these things, it looks like I'm risky, but if you went in my head for five minutes and saw all the homework I did, you know, all the due diligence and saw why I was making those decisions, I am not a risk taker at all. I don't leave shit to chance. So I give my own example to further explain Steffi's example of all of the things that you've done in your life, you've wanted to do in your life and you have your reasons for those and they may seem odd or sporadic or whatever from the outside, but you go into her head for five minutes and you'll be very, very aware of why those decisions are made the way they are. So I would encourage you to not be and, and and what Steffi's encouraging is to not be like that on yourself not uh, succumb to other people's opinions so quickly because of what we've just described and then also for other people in your lives I would encourage that very much as well I think that's a great example yeah and that there is also uh, the other thing is a big community of of people like us that have explored these other yeah. avenues or that do one thing and have these really cool side side jobs and creative things. And um, there's a a speech that changed my life. And it was um, Elizabeth Gilbert who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. And she's very well known for this, right? It was Mm -hmm. turned into the movie with Julia Roberts. And she went around the world giving um, speeches about following your passion. And she wrote all this stuff about your passion, find your passion, follow your passion, do everything you can do to get to your passion. And then she had a wake-up call when a uh, person at one of her talks uh, wrote her and said, I left your um, speech feeling presentation, feeling worse about myself than I ever have because I don't have a passion. Oh, wow. It really hit her. 
And she said, wow, let me think about this for a second. What is she saying? Because we all have a passion. She's, she was still like going through her own dialogue. And what she came up with is she realized the two closest people to her in her life, her best friend and her husband, didn't have one passion that they followed. So she was a, she called herself a jackhammer, somebody that is born and know it. Like another one of my sisters, I'm going to be a nurse. And by God, that girl, she is in a CRNA school now to be an anesthesiology nurse because she was born and knew it. And she jackhammered at it and just went down that and just going, going all the way. But there's these other people and she calls them hummingbirds and they are people that chase curiosities. And that's the thought I want to leave on is, is chasing curiosities versus um, getting so inside your head about a one passion. And it's a lot of right and left brain people. So these hummingbirds chase this little curiosity and do this for a little bit. And it, it's funny and it feels good, but oh, it's over there. And I'm, I'm going to go chase this curiosity and then this one. And these hummingbirds go around and they pollinate the world, right, with their diversity. And they bring in... They, they take a little from here and bring it in so that when you meet these hummingbirds, they have all these different views that they can bring to a jackhammer and the jackhammer to them can give them that foundation, uh, you know, of stability and a focus. Um, and it's a great little world. So it's, it's Elizabeth Gilbert's, yeah, jackhammer hummingbird thing. Cause it was during a therapy session when I was having a little mental health issue with my self-worth because of the yeah, chatter yeah. and I was like, Oh my God, there's so many hummingbirds out there. And that's what made me be like, I have got to start this podcast and this website and this project and this book. <laughs> it's been sitting here waiting to be born. Well, I'm so happy that you did. And I love that. And I think I'm a, I think I'm a hummingbird just flying around. And then I, I pick up a jackhammer and I go to town. Like, I think I'm definitely both of a little bit of both um because when i when i do find something i go hard like i am obsessively do that obsessively like this podcast has been obsessive so i'm so happy that we could do this i'm so happy that you're starting your podcast in the book and that you've shared that and i think this is a very unique podcast you're 129th guest on here and i think it's one of the most unique ones uh, because of the things we've talked about today, that this last thing about that, the hummingbirds and the jackhammers and just following, like I said, even before I recording, like regardless of where you are in life and especially regardless of what other people say, like doing that, just, just do it, just follow it. And I can't remember how you said it. And, uh, but you said, just, you know, be that, just do that. That is what, what you want to do and do it unapologetically. And um, I think what's, we didn't talk about it and it could be a whole nother conversation, but I love that you brought in there two times about the mental health aspect and, and talking to somebody about it. Cause like, why do we go see a, oh, yeah. F, a, a yeah, 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 we, we, <laughs> we go see a, um, a physical trainer to, to better our body. Why not talk to a professional about our mind as well? So um, I love that you brought all that into it and circled everything together and that you're continuing to have these conversations. But I will say before we get out of here, tell us when the podcast airs, if you do have that or when it does air, just tell us about the website. I'm sure the website may give us more information and just ways that people can contact you. Yeah, I think the best way for now, it, this is in its um, baby stages. Okay. <laughs> 
was just being born out of my brain. And Love it. <laughs> um, thankfully, the, the crazy thing is, though, is um, when, once you start actually talking about it, again, it brings in that accountability. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things was being on your podcast, and um, I had joined this other group, too, and I was talking about it, and I saw somebody actually, like, write Life Unconventional down, and I was like... Oh my gosh, like I came home and I, I, it was all I could do, like not to cry when I saw like my <laughs> project on somebody else's paper that wow. they were interested in and wanted to be part of it. So the everything is upcoming. So I have my first three guests lined up and you Perfect. can read who they are and what um, their backgrounds are on the website. It is as simple as the phrase lifeunconventional.com. And then you can read, yeah, you can read about my, how I got here with my list of crazy <laughs> past and curiosities I have followed. And, um, yeah, so I would say the best is go to the website. Find awesome. Out more. Easy. Well, as you all know, you'll be able to find that in the show notes. All right. Uh, like I said earlier, this, this has been really fun. It's been really unique. I love offering that uniqueness to not only to the listeners, but for myself. So these are obviously, you said selfish and that was, oh my gosh, that was another good point. I want people to definitely take that away from this as well, is that selfish is not always a bad word and I've kind of always had a connotation to that, like attach that to that. But these are for me, these are selfishly for me too. I wanna learn from my guests. I think if you're a repeat listener, you probably know that about me, but these are definitely for me. There's a lot of reasons, but um, how cool is it to be able to help yourself and help other people at the same time. So anyways, um, Steffi, thank you so much for being on here and have a great rest of your night.